EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. On this week's episode of KB Cabaret, we present music from our special guests, the country band Lila Bell. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, Yesterday was the last straw. My sisters want me to pay for my mother's upkeep, and I have no intention of doing that. My mother divorced my father 20 years ago. She has a good-paying job at a local retail store, but spends her money foolishly on clothes, trips, and frivolous items. Now she's complaining that funds are lacking in her till. Well, excuse me, but the woman does not know the word budgeting. My oldest sister, Darlene, pays her utility bills. My other sister, Cheryl, puts $200 into Mom's savings account. This has been going on for over 10 years. I am financially well off and put money into my 401ks and Roth IRAs, but one of the reasons I moved away was to get out of this toxic enabling environment of my family. Darlene called me the other day and asked me when I was going to contribute. She called me cold-hearted and mean. Well, I just don't enable. What should I tell her? Signed, no funding for Mom's money pit. Dear Pitt, how delightful. Mom works and plays and sisters are footing her finances, yet she still can't make ends meet. The more you pour into a coffer with a hole in it, the more needs to be put in. The supply is never enough. My suggestion to you, honey, is to contribute in a different way. Find a financial advisor in the area who can give your mother the solid tools she needs to budget her money. Most of the counseling services are free, but there are some schools that offer night programs for just exactly this situation— 
you can pay for the course. Otherwise, keep your purse strings tied and save up for your own retirement. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Helen, Nancy, we need to make a tough decision today. Yes, sir, Mr. Edwards. It's a good thing we have a manly, strong leader like you in charge to motivate us into making all these tough decisions. Oh, Helen, do you always have to be such a suck-up? Ladies, there's no time for your petty squabbles. We're having trouble meeting our payroll, so we have to fire someone. Oh, dear, that is a tough decision. I know who we can fire, Mr. Edwards. Pearl. Pearl? But she's been here longer than any of us. Well, that's just the point, sir. She is now past the mandatory retirement age. How could you know such a thing? Because she invited me to her 66th birthday party. 66! And I'm sure you're aware that our mandatory retirement age is 65. She swore me to secrecy. And here you're telling everyone and trying to get her fired. Helen, you're devious, underhanded... And an all-around rotten-to-the-core human being. Why, thank you, Mr. Edwards. That's the nicest thing anyone said to me all day. Helen, how can you live with yourself? Getting poor old Pearl fired is surely one of your most dastardly deeds. I'll have none of your sniping today, Nancy. We need to save money, and Helen is just being a good corporate citizen. So you're going to fire Pearl? No, I'll have Jerry do it. He's been wanting to take on more responsibility around here... And this will be the perfect opportunity. What a truly inspiring manager you are, Mr. Edwards. Helen, if your nose got any closer to Mr. Edwards' butt... I told you, I don't have time for any of that today. Just get Jerry in here. Jerry! Mr. Edwards wants to see you on the double. Uh, Mr. Edwards, you looking for me? Jerry, it's time you demonstrated that you can take on tough assignments and carry them out efficiently and thoroughly. Are you ready to do that? Of course, sir. What do you have in mind? I want you to fire Pearl. Pearl? I can't fire Pearl. She's old enough to be my mother. That's precisely the point, Jerry. She's old, obsolete, and her expiration date has passed. She invited me to her 66th birthday party. You people are awful. Pearl has exceeded the mandatory retirement age. Therefore, she must be terminated immediately. Go on out there and get it done, Jerry, and be diplomatic about it. How can you be diplomatic when you're firing somebody for being too old? Show us what you're made of, Jerry. This could be a career-defining moment for you. Isn't this exciting? I may have to go into my office and weep tears of inspiration. No, hand me the barf bag. Um, good morning, Pearl. How you doing today? What do you want, Jerry? I'm sure you didn't come in here just to find out how I'm doing. Well, actually, there is something you can help me with. What form do I need to fire somebody? You're firing somebody? Well, you must be moving up in the world, Jerry. Mr. Edwards said this could be a career-defining moment for me. Well, then, don't screw it up. Here's the form you have to fill out. Form 2378-DISS, Employee Dismissal for Cause. I assume you do have a cause, don't you, Jerry? You can't just fire somebody for no reason. Oh, yes, I have a cause. Well, then, start filling out the form. These things take time, and the sooner you start the process, the sooner you can get this bad employee out of here. Okay, so I'll just start filling out the form. Uh, let's see. Name of employee. Hmm. Is Pearl spelled P-E-A-R-L or P-A-E-R-L? What? 
Is this one of your practical jokes, Jerry? I don't have time for any of this today. I'm very busy. Sorry, Pearl. You've come to the end of the line. You've passed the mandatory retirement age. It's time for you to go. How would you know a thing like that? Uh, I think it had something to do with the 66th birthday party and Helen's big mouth. I guess you people don't know where all the skeletons are buried in this company. But you know who does? Me. I know all your secrets. So just get out of here with that dismissal form and let me get back to work. But Mr. Edwards said I have to fire you. I have a message for Mr. Edwards. The Royal Hotel, Miami Beach, 1992. What does that mean? Just tell him that. It will put a quick end to this firing idea. But what about Helen? She knows you're 66. I have a message for Helen, too. Amateur night, the Slinky Saloon, 2001. Oh, really? I can't imagine that. There are a whole multitude of things going on around here that you can't imagine, Jerry. Wow, Pearl. No wonder you lasted this long. But there's one more person you have to convince. Who? That would be me, Pearl. I know your secret. You're 66 in a company with a mandatory retirement age of 65. What are you going to do about that? Jerry, you don't want to play this game. I'm a master. You'll lose. What are you talking about? Ladies' underwear, Jerry. Should I go on? Do you want to hear more? Shall I attach the photos to an email and send them out to the entire company? Congratulations, Pearl. You've just been renewed for another year. With a 25% raise? Oh, geez, I don't know if I can make that happen. I wonder how many photos I can attach to one email. 25%! Mm. I'll pay it myself. Thank you, Jerry. I think this has indeed been a career-defining moment for you. And now, a thoughtful moment called Pages of Memories by Bree Harvey. Looking back on memories, there are pages in my album enfolding in the archives of my mind. Years trick the heart into thinking these moments are endless, but truly, we know the reality of time. A page of thought opens. On the last occasion, my father was on the family boat around this month, two years ago. He never really liked boating on Cayuga Lake. In fact, <laughs> he was bored within 15 minutes. But that year, he felt the symbolic experience, the gift of youth. He said, you know, we should buy a bigger boat and go to Florida for the winter. Whimsically and in Hungarian, but he said it. My husband John and I were thrilled because we consider ourselves boaters and we gladly chimed in to this wonderful idea. But even if my father meant this extraordinary thought 100%, he never had the chance to make it into a reality. He had a massive heart attack about two months later, on the 4th of December, and he died the next morning. Ironically, 
John and I did buy a bigger boat this year. We could go to Florida with it if we wished, but probably won't. We are dry docking it just like the other boat that we had for 16 years in Brewerton, New York. The next page in my album opens three nights ago. My mother, extremely depressed, expressed a whimsical thought when we talked on the phone. She expressed a desire to join us next season for our boat voyage back to Ithaca. Up to now, she had panic attacks just thinking about spending time on the boat. I smiled as she said this to me, and then I teared up. Today, we are routinely packing perishables and laundry to take home. Leave the cat and dog food in the cabinet is good up to 2018, my husband practically advises. I pray to myself our arthritic boating pooch, Midge, 12-year-old standard poodle, will be with us to enjoy her Purina Ian next season. Knowingly trying to suppress the fact that another page will soon be full. We don't know what the future holds. The album of our future remains open as life unfolds. Whimsically, I dream we could all be together forever. Whatever that means. And in a way, I've been granted that wish. For the journey of life is made of memories. All we can do is remember the ones we traveled with and try to live life the best we can image by image, page by page, with love. I got the wind in my sights, but it just died in. Gotta figure out how to make it blow. Okay, so you heard a little bit about Stirring Honey In, which is a really, really cool song by a band called Lila Bell. And in my studio at BHH Productions, I have Amy Pereer. Hi, Amy. Nice Hi. To have you. Nice to have you on our show. Hi. Um, listening to your song, you definitely have a country sound. Well, I, you know, I think I am a country girl, so it's kind of goes hand in hand, I guess. I love country music. And this this song, and all of the songs actually on your new album, are really great to listen to. It has that kind of smooth, melt-in-your-mouth type of quality, you know, melt-in-your-ears type of quality that just makes you want to hear more and more and more. Tell me a little bit about Stirring Honey In, because just the name itself is cool. Well, I wrote Stirring Honey In a long time ago. Um, I think it was 2005. And so it's great that it's finally been recorded. I was actually just strolling down the street, and it was springtime, and I was I was going through kind of a rough spell with my love life. Um, Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it all worked out fine. But, you know, in the spring, the lilacs were blooming, and the magnolias were coming out, and everything was just kind of the sweet side of everything was shining through. And I kind of just came up with that idea of stirring honey in. And, you know, sometimes when things aren't quite working out in a relationship, if if both people really actually want it to work out, they bring a little extra honey or a little extra sugar and make it sweet again. And 
So let's listen to this really sweet song called Stirring Honey In. We heard a little bit about it, and we heard a little from it in the beginning. Let's play some more of it, and we'll be back with Amy Perrier. I got the wind in my sights, but it just died in. Gotta figure out how to make it blow. I've been moving all around Far from this crossroad town But it just died down I got the sun on my back But it just sunk up Now the cold night is tearing through my soul I'm yearning for that Searching for something sweet But it just
love our parents. We know we can't kill them. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Are you ready yet? Yes, yes, I'm ready. You've been saying that for the last hour, Ruth. Yes, but this time I mean it. It's about time. I'm starving. I'm sorry. I just couldn't make up my mind as to what shoes I should wear with this outfit. And it took you that long to decide to wear those? Yes. Why, Stanley, is there something wrong with them? Oh, no, no, they're great. Can we go now and get something to eat? Okay. I just need to find my purse. It's under that chair by the wall. No, not that one. I used it yesterday with my brown suede shoes. I need the tan leather purse. They all look the same to me. For God's sake, Ruth, hurry up. Now, I know it has to be around here somewhere because I wore these shoes last week when we went to the library raffle sale. So I put the books here by the piano and, um, hmm. Ruth! And my house key's here in the fruit bowl. So my purse should... Aha, here it is, next to the refrigerator. Good. Can we go now? Yes, we can go right after I take out some of the things from the other purse and put it in this one. Oh, my God! I'm starving! Well, eat a saltine. I don't want to eat a saltine. A piece of fruit. I don't want fruit. Well, then don't blame me for being hungry. There. I'm done. See, no time at all. Can we go now? Yes. Are you sure these shoes are okay? They're perfect. Let's go. You're just saying that because you're in a hurry. I could change these, you know. No, Ruth. The ones you're wearing are the best shoes for that outfit. Let's go! Wait, I think I'll go upstairs and put on the mustard-colored ones. Take one more step, Ruth, and so help me! Okay, Stanley. Jeez, you don't have to be so rude. Get in front of me, Ruth, so I can push you out. Fine. Be that way. You said you didn't like my shoes with this outfit. So, where are we going? To the Blue Willow Diner. Okay. What? 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 You know what? What's wrong with the Blue Willow Diner? Nothing. Nothing. What, Ruth? Well, it's just that we go there all the time. I like their meatloaf sandwich. Fine. Okay. It's just that I... What, Ruth? What? It's just that, well, there's nothing on the menu I feel like eating. So, where do you want to have lunch? I don't know. Oh, never mind. Pretend I never said anything. Well, that's a little hard since you did say something. Where would you like to eat? Well... Hurry and spit it out, Ruth. We're running out of time. That makes no sense. Ruth! All right! Don't yell at me. I can't think when you yell at me. Where, Ruth? Please, I'm begging you. Where would you like to eat lunch? 
the rosy tea house? Are you out of your frickin' mind? You're yelling. That's a female place. I can't eat there. They serve finger sandwiches and tea. Well, you asked where I would like... I'm not eating in a doll's house, Ruth. Fine, fine. Where would you like to go? Well, I wanted to go to the Blue Willows Diner. <sighs> so, let's go there. I'll be fine. Now I don't feel like it. Stanley. Stanley, what are you doing? Did you forget something? Yeah, that's right, Ruth. I forgot why I hate going out to eat. I'm making toast and wash it down with some bicarbonate. But Stanley, now I have a craving for meatloaf. So our saga ends again for now. But join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. And we're back with Amy Pereer from Lila Bell. Now, just the name itself, Lila Bell. Where did you come up with this name? Well, Lila Bell was my baby girl's name when I was pregnant. If I had a girl, that was going to be my girl, Lila Bell Pereer. I had a boy who I loved dearly. His name is Willoughby Jones Pereer. So my Lila Bell kind of just floated up into spirit and years later we were trying to think of a band's name and went through all months of thinking and trying to figure out the best name for our band and that's kind of a tricky thing to do um, eventually we were actually in the studio making our record about a year and a half ago in Nashville and I suggested the name by LaBelle and I told my band members what that name meant to me what what it was about and everyone just loved it instantly and and so it just felt right. The band really is my other baby. There's the songs and the music and the band itself. And so it really does fit and feel like the perfect name for our band. Now, you and your husband started this band, Lila Bell? We did, yep. We're both in the band. We write all the songs. He writes about half of them, and I write the other half. He plays electric guitar, and I get to sing them. So I'm the lucky girl that gets to sing beautiful songs that she writes as well. Yeah, and who else is in the band? We have Jason Shago, who's been with us for a long time. He plays electric guitar and lap steel. We recently started playing with a great rhythm section. Chris Plass is playing drums, and Scott Nelson is playing bass. Okay, and when did this start? How many years ago did you begin? You know, we just named Lila Bell a year and a half ago, so uh-huh. kind of Lila Bell started then. But before that, my husband Ward and myself and Jason and a bunch of different rhythm sections that we that we played with over the years. So we've been playing these songs really for about I'd say close to eight or ten years. More seriously, the past few, and you know, trying to make a record and all that gets you gets you a little more in it. So. And the CD is called Lila Bell, just Lila yeah, Bell? Yeah, it's self-titled. It's self-titled, which was just released, actually, like a year ago? It was. It was released last year in July at the Grassroots Festival. The next song we're going to be listening to is Blue Twilight. You want to tell me a little bit about this song? This is one of the songs that my husband, Ward Career wrote. It's a beautiful song. It's got a certain depth, I know, just a certain deep side that some of our other songs don't really tap into. And it's really just giving love and spirit to those who have passed on that aren't with us anymore, but they're always so close to our hearts. 
Very nice. So sort of those melt-in-your-ear moments of country music, which I love to listen to. All right, so let's listen to Blue Twilight. Okay, Lily, we have to make one more stop. We're going to go to Huge Mart for toothpaste. Come on, Tom. You're going to go to that gigantic store just for toothpaste? Why not just go to the drugstore? 
A drugstore? I can save 50 cents by going to Huge Mart. It'll only take a minute. I know exactly where my toothpaste is in the store. Aisle M, right in the middle of the store. But look how full the parking lot is. It's going to take us 20 minutes to find a spot and then walk to the store. Hey, 50 cents is 50 cents. Those 50 cents add up, you know. Yeah, someday they might even add up to a dollar. Quit your complaining, woman. Someday you'll thank me when our ship comes in. By the time our ship comes in, I'll be seasick. Okay, here we are, and here we go to aisle M. I'll get my toothpaste and... Oh, no! What? They rearranged everything in the store. Why do they do that? It must be just to get guys like me frustrated. I hate this. Now I have no idea where the toothpaste is. Why don't we just ask somebody? No, Lily. That would be like giving in to them. Then they'd know they have me beaten. Besides, my male genetic makeup prevents me from asking for directions. Sorry, I was born this way. Tom, you're being ridiculous. No, we're going to use the masculine searching method. We're going to go down the main aisle from one end of the store to the other, looking in every side aisle for the toothpaste. <laughs> they could take hours. Let me point out that my method will work. Eventually, we will find the toothpaste. Let's get started. I don't want to spend the whole day in here. Okay. Lawn furniture? No. Office supplies? No. Electronics? No. Hmm, here we go. Women's undergarments. No. Hey, you. What are you doing in the women's undergarments aisle? No men allowed. Do not, under any circumstances, step one foot further into the woman's undergarment aisle. Excuse me, ma'am. Is there any toothpaste in this aisle? Tom, let's just get out of here. Of course there's no toothpaste in the woman's undergarment aisle. Well, I didn't think so, but who knows what those sadistic huge mart employees are capable of. There are only a few more aisles left. Let's just go. Shoes? No. Pet supplies? No. Lawn and garden? No. That's it. We're at the end of the store. No toothpaste. We must have missed it in all the excitement. We have to make a U-turn and try again. Tom, this is so stupid. Hey, we're back at the women's undergarments aisle. Think that lady's still here? Yeah, there she is. Hey, remember me? We ought to be old friends by now. Not you again. Get out of here, now. Tom, you're not supposed to be in here. No problem, Lily. I'll just act like I have legitimate business in the women's undergarments aisle. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you have any experience with these black lace bombshell push-up bras? <gasps> Stalker alert! Stalker alert in the women's undergarment aisle! Now you've done it, Tom. You're going to get us both thrown out of here. Oh, look! Here comes the huge March security team. Uh-oh. Those guys are dangerous. They don't use guns. They use megaphones. Sir, step away from the woman's undergarment aisle. Set the black lace bombshell push-up bra on the floor. Turn around slowly and place your hands on the bustier shelf. Prevet! Sorry, officer. I was just trying to find the toothpaste. You know where it is? Oh, great. Now you ask for directions? No, sir. We haven't been able to find the toothpaste since they rearranged the store. They do that just to frustrate guys like me, don't they? Yes, sir. It's a corporate plot. See, Lily? I told you. 
We little people have to keep standing up to the big guys or they'll just keep pushing us around. Tom, this isn't about class warfare. It's about toothpaste. Sir, put your hands behind your back while I apply the cuffs and shackles. Well, this sure has been a rotten day. Well, there is some good news, sir. What's that? There's plenty of toothpaste in the county jail. And we're back with Amy Perrier from Lila Bell. And we are so thrilled, first of all, to have you in the studio. I love your music. We're talking about your debut album, Lila Bell, which is self-titled. And the next song we're going to be hearing is Cochise County. Is that where you're from? No. You know, I'm from um, Massachusetts, and my husband is from Tennessee, from Nashville. And we've both been up here in Perry City and Trumansburg area for a long, long time. So it kind of feels like we're from here at this point. My husband actually wrote Cochise County, and I think it came from doing some traveling around and just feeling the spirit of the road and the past and the West themselves and kind of having it all mixed together and just there's just something when you're on a long road trip and you're far from home there's just this spirit that everyone can you can taste it and you can smell it and county usa i love this song cochise county because it just gives you that feeling just like you said it's sort of like the traveling of the united states you find all these cute counties and the smell the taste the feel of the music itself, I can taste music. I can hear music, but I can taste it too. This is a great one. Let's listen to Cochise County.
now we return to Parlor City's Institute of Higher Learning, the Hungarian Chinese School of Ancient Studies. Chang, it's time for your favorite activity. This morning we have two students applying for admission, coming for interviews. Oh, I hate talking to American students. They all make jokes. Nobody in this country takes things serious anymore. Don't be such a churlish Chinese chump. Oh, so you think you impress me with your fancy English, Egata? Eh, you Hungarian half with the hustler? Well, if you're going to talk to me like that, don't expect me to bring you any more winter salami and dumplings. Oh, best news I hear all day. Your winter salami and dumplings making my stomach rumble and crash all night long. Wife making me sleep on couch. Ah, no wonder you've been so grumpy today. Ah, no nookie-nookie with ling-ling. My nookie-nookie, none of your business. You talk to new students today. I have work to do. No, we do this together. We both have to agree on who goes to this school here. Well, if I had my way, nobody go to school here. Then I could study the ancient Chinese scrolls all day. What are you looking for in those scrolls, anyway? Ancient Chinese secrets. You need to get your ancient Chinese nose out of those ancient scrolls once in a while and talk to some real human beings. Oh, real human beings, yes. A brainless American students, no. Quiet. Here they come. Good morning and welcome to the Hungarian Chinese School of Ancient Studies. Hi. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, wow, nice this is a great you. place here. Please, stop with the small talk. Let's get this interview over with. Hey, no reason to be such a grouch, Pops. I don't really want to be here either. My name is Professor Chang. You call me Pops again, I stuff you full of gung pao chicken. Now, Roy, be polite to the professor. We're here to apply for admission, and we don't want any trouble. Of course. Did I get you some Hungarian sponge cake? No sponge cake. That clog up your arteries and intestines. I bring you some nice steamed egg custard. Hey, you got any chocolate chip cookies? Could uh, we just get into the interview? We want to get out of here and play Pokemon Go. It's still nice outside, you know. Oh, see uh, what I tell you. Brainless Americans. You know, Pops, you're starting to annoy me. I put King Crab Claw down your pants. There's no reason to start an international incident. Uh, why don't we calm down and begin the interview? Now, Patty, is it? Yes, I'm Patty. Why do you want to come here to the Hungarian Chinese School of Ancient Studies? Well, ever since I was a little girl, I've been fascinated with those little wooden Chinese nesting dolls. The ones that go one inside the other. You know, the ones I'm talking about. Oh, those dolls are not the Chinese. They're Russian. They are? Oh, aren't they even a little bit Hungarian? I'm afraid not, dear. But here at our school, you can learn all about the traditional Hungarian dolls as well as those cheap porcelain Chinese dolls. Porcelain Chinese doll, not cheap. Hey, speaking of cheap, how much does it cost to go to school here? I'm on a tight budget. It's only 44,000 Hungarian forints per semester hour. Oh, well, how much is that in real money? Oh, real money, that's uh, 1,070 yen.
I have a question. Do you teach French here? I've always wanted to speak French. And where's the gym in this place? I want to try out for the basketball team. Enough! No more interview. You two rejected. Yes, Cheng is right. I don't think you two are right for our school. Oh, day to remember. Finally, you agree with me on something. Well, Roy, this was our last chance to go to college. What do we do now? What a dumb question. Uh, Pokemon! Pokemon! Chang, I have a confession to make. Oh, what? I have a whole collection of those Russian nesting dolls. Really? <laughs> let me borrow one to bring home to Ling Ling. Maybe she let me back into bedroom. Ah, nuki nuki. Um, what a Hungarian word for nuki nuki. There's only one way to find out, Chang. Hmm, what a Hungarian word for Back with Amy Perrier. And first of all, before we play our last song, which I, is one of my favorites, um, I want to thank you, Amy, for being on our show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I just want to let the audience know that we have a link to your website on our musicians page. We also have a link to your CD album, which is self-titled Lila Bell. And it's wonderful country music, as you have heard so far, and you're going to hear the last one soon. Amy, it's been a pleasure having you on my show. Now, what we are going to be listening to as we're going out is called Songbird, which is Amy. I think she has this beautiful voice. So she has a prettier voice than a songbird, but it's a great song. Where did you come up with this? Again, this is kind of an oldie but goodie. And really the chorus of the song is the the message that rings through and through, which is basically the same old songbird. I won't give it all away because we'll be listening to it, but the same songbird, no matter what's going on in someone's life, whether you have change or whatever types of things are happening in your world, something can be, always be constant. And it could be that songbird or whatever it might be for each person, but there's always a constant thing kind of grounding you and bringing you back to who you are. <laughs> thank <Where> you. Your <laughs> <laughs> Amy, thank you for being on our show. And we are going to listen to Songbird from the a new release of Lila Bell, debut album, CD. You can find that on the link on our kbcabaret.com website. That's kbkabaret.com website on the musicians page. And look for Lila Bell. And here we are, Songbird. Thanks again, Amy. Thank you. A different house to find my way around The ceiling seems lower And the floor don't make a sound A new kitchen table A new set of keys 
That's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. 
my musical engineer Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our Parlor City. Back again now to KB Cabaret.